the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on AM 1220 KDOW, the show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Nam Fon of Pacific Private Money and Patty Cohen of Compass Realty. Mark Honf is off today. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show. That certificate is not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tambella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. And today's trivia theme is TV trivia because we all love TV, right? Uh Patty, give us an update. What's going on in the real estate market? Oh, I can barely breathe. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I, I, I think for a moment, sometimes I'm just there and it's all flowing. It's all flowing all the time, but the rate of motion yeah. at which it flows sometimes is out of control, but it's quite miraculously in control. So that being said, it's just really busy. And all of us, all of us in the business are just arms open, take it while it's here. Yeah. Probably is going to last for a while, um, you know, two weeks to get an inspector, two weeks to get appraisal. Um, but, but miraculously, things are, you know, sometimes we reserve appointments with people just because we know we're going to slot something in. But what about the title companies, though? Aren't they kind of backed up? No, there's no backing up in title companies. Just really? like realtors, like we don't have a choice. We just keep, we, we're the ones that make it happen. Like okay. the title companies. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think that traditional lenders for doing refis are just taking their sweet time. And I don't even know, I shouldn't say sweet time. It's taking a lot longer, but you know, Mm -hmm. they're paper pushers. But when it comes to the sales and the um, timelines that we work under, it's pressure. And the reason we don't have those timelines later is because if you are, if there's 12 offers and you're saying, well, my lender can do it in 30 days and I'll close in 45. The person with cash that can close in 10 is yeah. king. And then the one yeah. that's pre-approved that can get it done in 17 days is with the better price is, is next. So, so wow. with the title companies, though, do they have enough manpower? To yeah, they make it happen. Them? Yeah, they they're working on Saturdays. So, yeah. I mean, they're nine to five paper pushers also. But yeah. they, you know, they respond on Saturdays. So they're, they're working from home also. Yeah. What's the fastest um, in the last several weeks that any offers that you've gotten on your listings, what has been the most aggressive offer that you've seen so far, whether it's percentage over asking or close? What, what yeah. Well, I'll give you an example, like a little, you know, cause we can all relate to like downtown San Rafael on ice, ice street, you know, E Y E a little mm-hmm. two bedroom, 
two-bath place listed for $9.25. It was absolutely gorgeous and immaculate. That being said, there were 12 offers. The asking price was $9.25. I represented a buyer, and I knew that they they said, you know, we we just cannot. We would love to go higher, but we can't go over a million. So we kind of knew we were out. But we knew at that point, we were like, there were seven offers higher than ours, which was, I think they might have even gone a million fifty. I'm not even sure. Anyway, it ended up closing at one one two five. That's two hundred thousand over. And so what we do is we get all the inspections up front because mm-hmm. then it's like people will just waive all contingencies. Even if they're getting a loan, not everybody will do this. But even if they're right. getting a loan, if there's if they're that confident that they can get the loan, there it's not contingent upon loan approval. It's not contingent upon you know, getting some inspections and I can close it in 15 but, days. But uh, who pays for the inspections, right? Cause I mean, you've got to, are you taking the risk paying the inspections and then putting in an offer that doesn't get accepted? Oh yeah. No, that's a really, really good question. Um, back in the day, you know, you get your house on the market buyer, you pay for the inspections, Yeah. but guess what, what happens? Our, our contract is as is based on the time of that the bait they made the offer. So there was a transitioning period, but it's at least 10 years now that almost 100% of the time, except for some condos, you get it in reports and inspections up front. So, right, the seller. So the seller's paying. And the seller them. pays them. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I, even, there was a time when that wasn't kosher because the seller could, you know, hire someone to kind of not be as prudent let's say yeah we all know i mean like first of all they're licensed so they if they don't find stuff it's their license on the line but at the and at the same time you know they have to answer to the agents the, the buyers and sellers come and go but the agents are still here and we all right. kind of know who's a little more lenient than others and when we have buyers we know who's tougher um so mm-hmm. just because and, if, and if, it's, if it's not a pressure situation with multiple offers the seller may have gotten their inspections but the buyer will still get them so, I mean, the inspectors are just making out, like double double things, you know. Um, yeah. But that's how that works because and, – and also, even sellers will say, okay, he called out that the roof was maybe like five to ten years of useful life left. Let's get a roof inspection. Let's get a roof um, oh, appraisal. Yeah. Uh, I mean, estimate. Or estimate, yeah. yeah. As well as get our sewer lateral work done up front so that buyer – when you made this offer under the pressure of 12 others, you knew exactly what was going on. So do not ask for some money in escrow. All right. (laughs) Hey, uh, we're going to go to our first commercial break. That was a fast segment. First (laughs) trivia question on TV. What was the name of Norm's wife on Cheers? Of course, I had to say Norm because Norm. That's an inside joke. Uh, first trivia question. What was the name of Norm's wife on the TV show Cheers? I want to make a quick mention here for the Elk Cove Inn. Discover one of the most romantic and COVID-safe certified uh, boutique in and in and bed and breakfast on the Northern California coast. The Elk Cove Inn is one of a kind. Ocean View Mendocino Coast bed and breakfast with luxurious uh, accommodations. Check them out, elkcoveinn.com. All right, uh, again, uh, first trivia question. What was the name of Norm's wife on Cheers? First caller with correct answers to win that tanning certificate, 888-912-1190. We'll be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. 
That's 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on AM 1220 KDOW. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown, on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back to the best of investing. Edward Brown here along with Nom Fawn. Norm Fawn. Not Norm. Nom Fawn. Uh, first trivia question, what was the name of Norm's wife on Cheers? Vera? Vera. Very good. Oh, my God. Very good. <laughs> so, uh, Patty, off air, you were starting to say, hey, in the next segment, let's talk about strategic defaults. Yeah. That's what that's all about. Yeah, I was looking at an article um, talking about why there won't be as many strategic defaults this time as there were in 2008. And they're specifically pointing out three big reasons and four things that are available to homeowners that weren't then. So for example, unlike back then, buyers, homeowners have strategic equity in their, I mean, substantial equity in their house. So you're going to see this coming and you're going to put your house on the market in the best time there ever was since, you know, ever really. So you're going to get your cash out and run. Um, Another is there's a shortage of listings for sale, which goes right back to why it's such a good time. So just put it on and it's going to fly. And unlike 2008, prices were depreciating in 2008. So, you know, Uh if you didn't have equity and you couldn't make your mortgage, just watch that number go down. You're going to walk really fast. Last person out, turn off the lights. You know? Yeah. Um, So we have depreciating prices. Um, And then there are differences, and the banks are are really looking at this hard. So they're looking at um, what banks are now feeling comfortable doing with or providing for homeowners that are in trouble. So here, for example, um, they're coming out, they're coming out with repayment programs where you can pay it back in higher monthly payments. What, in other words, like your, whatever the default was, if people did take the um, deferment program, mm-hmm. um, they, you know, they don't have to like come back with a chunk, you know, just take higher payments and you take it over the years. Um, then there's the deferral payment where you can shift payments to the end of the loan term Yeah, because you've got equity. It's okay. Right. Um, and I think everybody understands what's going on with that. And then modification, there's flex modification or other kinds of modifications before it was very hard to get a loan modification in 2008. It was just hard. Um, but for households that have permanently lost 20, you know, people are losing, some people aren't losing their jobs, but they're just losing like 20 to 30% of their income. So mm-hmm. if that's the case, they want to remain in their homes, they'll lower the amount of the payment or they'll lower, sometimes they forgive some of the loan, but that's, you know, very unusual. Yeah, it's unusual. Um, mm-hmm. And then they're offering refinancing because, once again, rates are the best that they've been. Yeah. So, and they're being a little bit more lenient with that. I mean, I'm not sure they're following the Dodd Frank rules, though. You know, with regard to the ability to repay and all that, I would think that you know, in theory, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, if I'm having a hard time paying a thousand a month, if you're going to lower it to eight hundred, I can I can do that. But what right. if I can't even qualify for the eight hundred dollar a month payment? 
Yeah, they're like, well, they probably, well, I mean, they have to follow the law, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah so that's yeah. kind of. <laughs> but they must be applying some learnings that they, that they, you know, received from the first crash or from the crash because, you know, at that time, people were defaulting left and right strategically or not. And so many people lost their homes. They must have just realized, you know what, let's keep people in their homes, paying for them. They're, they're yeah. going to take care of their house. Uh, and like you were saying, so many people uh, have equity today where they didn't then. So everyone's kind of motivated to, to not, you know, liquidate their, their homes. Yeah. So I can see that happening where, where you know, I'll, let me tell you one deal of the week real quick as it ties into yeah, that. Sure. This is actually a loan we just closed this past week. Um, these borrowers took care, uh, took advantage of a forbearance uh, at the time and, and um, didn't pay their mortgage for several months. Um, but, you know, in past shows, we talked about how that could be the scarlet letter. Mm-hmm. In this case, um, they were actually able to get an exit loan in place. Uh, we're doing a bridge loan for them, by the way. So we're doing a bridge loan. They're, they're going to be selling their departing residence. Uh, we closed on a bridge loan for $1.6 And they actually have strong, strong credit and good income. I think they may have just taken advantage of the ability to request a forbearance. But also they have really wealthy parents who are co-signing on the purchase. So you know, everything in place... All things considered, they're able to get a mortgage still, even though, well, they're getting a mortgage with us, but they already have the exit loan lined up with a very prominent bank uh, in spite of having done uh, a forbearance several months ago. So that's one deal. We can all touch on another one later. Yeah. Well, I can tell you personal experience. I just, just because in March, I didn't know what was going on. So I thought, let me just do a forbearance for one month on my mortgage. Well, it's Wells Fargo. They, and and I immediately regretted it. I didn't know it was going to be so good. They took it on three of my mortgages, which I did not want to do because I've got rental property. And then when I wanted it, I just wanted one month. Then when I tried to get it back on all three of them, they wouldn't do it. I mean, they would do it, but the bureaucracy was so bad. I'd get letters every month saying, I know you're still having trouble. We can help you. And I call you. Calling is ridiculous. I went to a branch. I sat there. They talked to somebody. They're like, I will help you. And I'll call you next. It never happened. So finally in October, and but each month I made the payments on all three of them. But I just didn't mm-hmm. want it to show up as a zero. Yeah. It, I figured it out, yeah. but it's it's a big deal. Hopefully, uh, I was going to say, hopefully they, they took the money. Sometimes, they took the money. And sometimes they'll just kind of go, no, 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 we're not allowed to accept it because of, you know, one thing or another. So that, yeah. Well, they took the money, but I keep getting like, so sorry, you can't make your mortgage. Um, you know. Yeah. It's a wow. mess. That's kind of crazy. When we uh, come back from uh, a break, I've got actually two email questions for Patty. Uh, one is about staging, whether or not it's better or you're better off to leave a house empty or, um, or actually stage it. Because if you leave it huh? empty, it looks bigger. Right. And people can imagine, but we'll talk about that. And another one happens to be about uh, big ticket items uh, coming up and uh, negotiating with the seller. What happens when big ticket items, which I presume this uh, is a question like, you know, a big, like a roof turns out it needs a $50,000 roof. Who pays for that? How do you negotiate that? All right. So our, uh, our second trivia question here and oh, and then, um, excuse me. Uh, the email that we have for NOM is uh, generally if you lend at a maximum of 70%, uh, 
how can you lend 100% as I've heard you mention on the air sometimes? So we're going to answer that sure. question too. All right, and then also deal uh, deal of the week. Uh, Nam will uh, give us a, a different deal of the week. All right. Yep. yep. Here's our second trivia question. Talking TV here. In the original Gilligan's Island, there was uh, the song says, uh, let me try this again. In the original Gilligan's Island, the song, which two characters were originally referred to as and the rest? Right? And the rest are here on Gilligan's Island, right? So which two characters were and the rest? They, they didn't mention their names. Later on, yeah. uh, Bob Denver said, you know what? These people are important. We, we need to have them in the song. All right, that's our trivia question. All right, call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer. It's going to win that tanning certificate. Again, in the original Gilligan's Island song, which two characters were originally referred to as, quote, and the rest? All right, stay with us. The Best of Investing will be right back. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. That's bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on AM 1220 KDOW. You're listening to The Best of Investing on AM 1220 KDOW. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Edward Brown, Nam Fon, Patty Cohen are here. Mark Honf is off today. Second trivia question in the original Gillian's Island uh, on the song, which two characters were originally referred to as and the rest and the rest are here on Gillian's Island. Later on, wasn't it the professor, the professor and Marianne? Yes, that's right. The professor and Marianne uh, here. Yeah, they weren't uh, oh, the original yeah. song. They weren't, uh, they weren't part of it. Very good. That was one of my favorite shows. I know. Me too. When I was a kid. Okay. So watch uh, the Patty, a couple of email questions. The first one, rather than paying for staging, wouldn't I be better off uh, with the house empty, thereby having it appear larger than it is? Well, I mean, that's a good question, but it's like anything else. What is your competition doing? So if everybody's looking gorgeous and fabulous and you're there with no makeup on and your hair's a mess, <laughs> it's not going to work. <laughs> Right. That's why I put on makeup every day. Okay, exactly. So you know, back in the day, nobody had makeup on. Their beds weren't even made sometimes, and the cooking smells were there. But that's not how it works anymore. You know, I thought there was a trend. I, I heard of a trend where everything was whitewashed, where it was empty and, and not not necessarily just an empty house and leave the paint the way it was, but they would say leave it empty but paint everything white. So yeah, and maybe that's a Type maybe upper end or something I don't know but I had heard something along those lines. Everything white is always the the case, um, and you know sometimes what I'm doing I'm doing a lot more of this, which is virtual staging, and there's a lot of reasons for it. I mean, you know, you look really good in the picture, but when you get there, you still don't look that great. But but it's all about you know scrolling through online and saying yes or no, swipe left, swipe right. So if that's the first line of defense, and then the next one is drive-by. So it, once you're kind of in love, then you see it, and you're like, yeah, that could work. I mean, vacant is kind of cold, but it's better than um, kind of a mess and dated furniture. Sure. 
Um, but it's not as good as staging. But I'll tell you what I'm doing now is virtual staging. So here's an example. I'm, I'm doing it right now with three different listings. Here's an example of one. Um, my tenant, uh, my, one of my past clients has a little condo as a, that's a rental, and she relies on that income. So she just wants to sell it. Her tenant's getting out, of, out at the end of the month, October 31st. So the place is a mess. It's just boxes everywhere, lawn chairs, what he's sitting on, that kind of stuff. He's a good single guy. So I t- And she took these photos, and she, they were backwards and dark. I submitted these photos. You can look at them on Facebook right now, Patty Cones. P-A-T-T-I-C-O-H-N. I submitted these photos to the virtual staging company. They removed the lawn chair and all of his boxes. They lightened things up and they put in gorgeous styled furniture and accessories and rugs and lamps and end tables. <laughs> and that's what Gave I'm using. A, did they give a, gave it an ocean view too? <laughs> I wonder what that's going to do to real stagers. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my best friend is a real stager, and she does a lot in Marin, and I, I showed her that. And she had the same thing, but I said, but guess what? We can't even show it until he's out, and then once he's out, we're either going to professionally stage, or it might be sold, or we're going to leave it vacant. So the bottom line is when you show up in reality, it still is what it is. Yeah, sure. but I, I, I still have to think that some stagers are not going to be too happy. I mean, A, there are a lot of people who, who are doing stuff virtual, you know, uh, remotely anyway. Yeah. So they're not going to the house. And if they are, they have to it would be a short time. But this virtual staging is really good, kind of a great What's idea. the cost difference? I was going to say, how about $200 versus five to $20,000? Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yes. Hmm. Which I give out your information, and then I'm going to ask you one more question question sure i'm a real estate broker with compass my name is patty Cohn, p-a-t-t-i dot c-o-h-n at compass.com 415-722-4842 all right uh second question comes up what happens if a big ticket item comes up can i negotiate with the seller Oh my God, that's a really good question. And that happens. Roof, crack foundation, sewer lateral requirements, $50,000 in pest, whatever. So um, like we talked about in the beginning, get inspections before you put your house on the market because all of the realtors use the CAR, California Association of Realtors, contract. And that contract is as is based on what's known at the time. So get your inspections up front. It's so worth it. It's a no-brainer. Now, and, and guess what? Even at that, there are things that come up afterwards. Yeah. But, it you know, 90% of it's going to get caught. And, and if you don't... Could, a seller could still just kind of say, no, well, you're out of contract. I'll take the next one in line. Yes, if there's a next one in line. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And, yeah. But still, like, you know, burden hand and you, you're you going to close in, you know, seven days. Yeah. Money, you're tasting the money in your bloodstream. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, you never know if the next person's going to actually fall, uh, come through. Yeah. Uh, Noam, question comes in. If you are if you generally lend a maximum of 70%, how can you lend at 100% as I've heard you mention on the air? Yeah, good question. So uh, essentially with that uh, – what that uh, email question it relates to is, you know, our loan to value. Uh, and typically here at Pacific Private Money, uh, as an example, if somebody uh, has wants to borrow money from us and their property is worth a million dollars, typically we'll tell them that uh, you need to bring 30% uh, 
in the meaning we'll make a loan to you for seven hundred thousand. In the in the case where somebody wants a hundred percent financing, you know, question is why would we lend a million dollars on a million dollar home? Isn't that taking a big risk? Uh, why would that be risky? Well, the borrower has no nothing down. Um, you know, what's to keep them from? They have less incentive to to stay in the house. They'll walk away, which is what actually happened a lot in the uh, in the Great Recession. People were upside down on the mortgage. So, like Patty was saying, there were a lot of strategic defaults. Um, but we do make loans at 100% of the purchase price, and the way we do that, or the reason why we'll do that, it's typically a scenario that we're seeing a lot of these days, where somebody has a home that they live in now and essentially they want to buy another property. And if they have enough equity uh, in their current home, uh, we can use that as collateral to make you know, a loan on, on the property that they're buying. And oftentimes it's, the situation is one where you have a retired couple or, or a couple that's getting on the verge of retiring. They've been in their home for 30 years. They have 100% equity in their home and they're downsizing. So maybe they they have a home that's two and a half million and they want to buy a home for 1.25. Uh, in that case, there's so much equity that even if we took 50% of the equity in the home that they want to sell, which is 1.25, we can apply that towards the purchase, which in this case would be 1.25 million. That's that's 100% financing right there, but really it's not 100% financing. So we can talk about that at the next segment too. Right. We'll continue on. We'll, we'll, uh, we won't ask a trivia question this time. We'll save that for the next one. Stay with us. The best of the best. We'll be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on AM 1220 KDOW. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Edward Brown here along with Mom Fawn. Patty Cohen had to uh, exit because she had another closing to do. She's a, a busy lady. Uh, didn't ask a trivia question this time. We'll ask it next time. Uh, Nam, give, give us a deal of the week, if you would. Yeah, absolutely. I'll jump into the deal of the week in a second. But, you know, I just wanted to follow up real quick on the last segment sure. and the question of being, you know, how, come, how can we make a loan 100% uh, uh, LTV or loan to value on a property? when we talk about making uh, or our cap being 70%. And just want to clarify from the last segment that we can do that when typically when somebody is using another property as collateral. Um, so essentially what we're doing is we're cross collateralizing and, and we look at the combined loan to value of the two properties, which typically for us, again, is going to be 70% or less, but that could also mean that uh, it's enough money in there to provide a loan on 100% of the purchase price. So it can sound a little bit confusing, but the bottom, you know, just kind of the takeaway is if, if you're looking to buy another home and you have a ton of equity in the current home that you're in, oftentimes we can use that equity as collateral towards, you know, all the home that you're buying, uh, which could, uh, you know, make it so that we can provide you 100% of the financing on the home that you're buying. Um, but uh, which we're seeing a lot of. I mean, people who are, um, you know, right now trying to trying to buy a home uh, in this market, they're using our bridge loans so that we can make oftentimes 100% financed loans 
on the home that they're moving into because uh, until they've sold their their departing residence. Uh, so if you want to learn more about our bridge loans, uh, give us a call at 415-883-2150 or go to our website, www.pacificprivatemoney.com. So now to the uh, second deal of the week. Um, this is actually a uh, really interesting loan. It's one that you don't see or we don't talk about too often. It is one where somebody is downsizing. Uh, it's a couple that's moving from the Bay Area to Palm Desert. But uh, essentially, it's a construction loan. But what's unusual about it is it's an owner-occupied construction loan. So this is somebody who is buying a home that they're actually uh, in construction on, um, but they're occupying it. It's, it's not, you know, they're not moving in and it's only, you know, on the studs right now. It's, it's partially built. They're moving into it and building out the rest of it. So we're providing them a construction loan but we are using collateral in the departing residence. So they haven't sold their home yet here in the Bay Area, but we've helped them purchase a home in Palm Desert. And uh, they're essentially going to uh, take our funds not only to close on the purchase, but we're also including uh, funds for them to be able to fix up or, or build up, finish building out the property, adding square footage, and that's going to be their retirement home. Uh, we're seeing a lot of that too. We're actually seeing a lot of bridge loans to out of state. So in the past six months or so, we've seen, in the last three months, uh, three people, three different families moving from San Francisco to Oregon. We're seeing uh, a family move from San Francisco to Austin, Texas. This one's interesting, though, because they're moving from $7.5 million home in San Francisco, buying $5 million in Austin. So I have to imagine a $5 million home in Austin. It's got to have some square footage and probably some land to it yeah. as well. But, uh, you know, in the past, we've talked about people selling in San Francisco and moving to Marin and Sonoma, yeah. you know, kind of outskirts of the Bay Area. We're, we're seeing actually a trend of people moving into Arizona, Nevada, uh, Western states. So now, uh, we're seeing an uptick in that. Are you lending in those states or are you lending just in California? You know, up until recently, well, up until currently, I should uh, clarify, we, we're only lending in California, but we are looking at uh, the possibility of being able to provide a loan against the target property, uh, whatever state it's in. Uh, we may be able to do that where, um, you know, we're, we're taking a lien position on both properties. Even though we're lending uh, primarily in California, what we're learning is that as long as the primary residence, the main residence is, is in California and the target property, you know, the one they're buying is in another state, we might be able to do a, a loan that crosses both properties. Um, Interesting. Okay. So you don't have to be licensed yeah. in uh, Texas. They may not. Yeah. They're, they're, we may not have to have a licensing. We're talking to our attorneys. It's, you know, these are all bridge loans, essentially. They're short term. It's there to solve a problem. So I think there's some, some, you know, possibilities we'll be able to do this, which would be great. It's helping a lot of people who are trying to downsize and move out of state. Right, give us a, tell you what, we have a couple of minutes for a break. Uh, give us a little update on the Pacific Private Money Fund. Uh, yeah. What kind of yield are we still giving uh, clients on that? Yeah. So our annualized uh, yield, 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 excuse me, I wanted to say year to date and yield at the same time. Um, so our year to date uh, annualized return is 7.48. We expect to end the year at around 7.5% again. Uh, we should have September's results soon. 
Um, and just to give you, you know, other stats about the Pacific Private Money Fund, you know, it's been paying seven and a half percent, give or take, since inception, since 2013. We have over 200 investors in the fund today. Fund is currently at about 57 to 60 million, somewhere in that range. Uh, continuously adding loans uh, to the fund, and minimum investment to get in is 50,000. One year hold. Investor do need to be accredited, and. Uh, you know, if you want to learn more, not only about the Pacific Private Money Fund, but the other three funds that we have, uh, our next fund event is Wednesday, November 18th at 6 p.m. And uh, we will be talking about the Pacific Private Money Fund, the North Star Capital Fund, the Pacific Southwest Note Fund, and the Pacific Freedom Fund. All of these are uh, funds that uh, are under the uh, umbrella of Pacific Private Money. And uh, you know we've gotten a, a lot of interest from investors who, you know, have been loyal investors in the in our legacy fund, the Pacific Private Money Fund, and now they want to diversify. And each one is unique in its own way. There's, you know, we have different reasons for launching them. They all touch on different types of real estate. And so to learn more about that, join us on November 18th or give us a call here at 415-883-2150 or visit us at www.pacificprivatemoney.com. Okay, and the so, current uh, yield in the North Star Fund is what, nope. 8%? The, the, well, the preferred return is uh, 8% for those who invest uh, between now and the end of the year. I believe it, the, the actual prep is 7 but we want to incentivize people to, to invest early. Ah. But the actual return has actually been double digits over the last few months. Keep in mind, it's new. So, you know, as the fund gets bigger, the more it will, it will, you know, go regress towards the mean. Yeah. yeah. Be closer to eight to 10% range. All right. Here's our uh, third trivia question. What was Floyd Lawson's occupation on the Andy Griffith show? We're going back a ways here. Floyd Lawson, what was his occupation on the Andy Griffith show? Uh, and uh, remember, he used to go, oh, hello, Andy. <laughs> yeah, right, that drove me nuts. <laughs> call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate. One more time, what was the what, occupation of Floyd Lawson on the Andy Griffith show? Stay with us. How do you, how you sound again, Andy? What's that? How do you sound again? Oh, 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 oh Andy. Um, Something like that. <laughs> Stick with us, the best of the best. You'll back. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. That's bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on AM 1220 KDOW. You're listening to The Best of Investing on AM 1220 KDOW. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the best of investing. Last time for today, Edward Brown here along with Nam Pond. Uh, what was Floyd Lawson's occupation on the Andy Griffith show? He was a barber. He was a barber. Yeah. Uh, something like that. And let uh, me tell you, I would have never gone to him because it would pay, take like two or three hours for a haircut. <laughs> right. That's, that's true. And, it, and it costs like 75 cents. As a human flock. Yeah, you would slot. Yeah. All right. Um, so, Nam, why don't you give it, we have a few minutes here. Give us a recap on each of the funds that Pacific Private Yeah. Money. So, yeah, the, the, you know, at the last segment, we talked primarily about the Pacific Private Money Fund and some of the characteristics and requirements. 
so just a real quick recap. Um, the uh, return is uh, target return is about eight percent, seven and a half to eight percent, in which it's been performing at that since 2013. Minimum investment is fifty thousand one year hold, and then you have the uh, Pacific Southwest Note Fund, which is a fund we just launched in August. Uh, and that is a fund that uh, is designed to acquire seller cherry back notes, out, primarily outside of California, predominantly right now in Texas, although we'll, we'll look at other markets. But um, we can acquire these notes at a discount. The, the blended return that we, uh, that we uh, are targeting is 9 to 12% for investors, and the uh, preferred return is 9 um, minimum investment there is 50000 And uh, so that's very unique from the Pacific Private Money Funds, just because it's out of state, different types of uh, loans altogether. Uh, and then North Star Capital Fund is also very unique in that it's a fund designed to lend to builders and developers. It's a ground-up construction and rehab-oriented fund, uh, vastly underserved market in California. A minimum investment there is $100,000. Target return is eight to ten percent. The preferred return is eight. Uh, also a one-year hold. And then finally, we have the Pacific Freedom Fund, which is a um, high liquidity fund for investors with a fixed return of seven percent. So there's no prep; it's just a fixed seven percent uh, paid out uh, monthly. Minimum investment there, though, is two hundred fifty thousand. Um, and the reason why is we're going to cap that fund to somewhere around 15 million, uh, you know, we, we may raise it over time, but for us, we use it more as a warehouse line. And uh, so what's unique about that one is it's high liquidity, it's fixed return. Um, investors who want to redeem can do so. And typically it'll take two weeks to 30 days for a redemption. With all of these funds, you have to be accredited. Um, and so I'm only touching on He's not giving any individual on much justice. So you really have to attend our next fund event. Uh, and it's a Zoom, fund Zoom meeting. It'll be our, I think it's our third one, right? Yeah. We've done uh, two others? I think so. So this one will be, uh, again, November 18th, which is a Wednesday uh, after the election. So yeah. hopefully everyone's like. At 6 p.m.? <laughs> 6 p.m. Yeah. And uh, sign up on our website. Give us a call, 415-883-2150. Or go to uh, PacificPrivateMoney.com. Uh, I'm kind of curious mm -hmm. on the Northwest uh, or North, North Star Capital, excuse me, North Star Capital. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a fairly new fund. Uh, did you already have some loans pay off, and that's how come you had a higher return than normal? Yeah, good question. I don't know if it was. It may have been a few loans paying off, um, and uh, you know, the, the, and a combination of just the rates that uh, that we paid uh, that we're paying or that we're charging our yep. So, but it's been like double digits. I think it was 15% or so uh, for August, which is great. But again, don't want to guarantee any kind of uh, yeah, return of like that. So it's going to be eight to 10. All right. So check that out. Uh, PacificPrivateMoney.com. Here's our thoughts for the day. Why do they call it rush hour when nothing moves? Of course, nowadays with, you know, traffic not being as bad, it's not so much rush hour. And one time I was asked to name all the presidents and I thought, why? They already have names. <laughs> okay. Very good. Very good. All right. To next, uh, Mark will be back next week. He'll join yep. us with some uh, excellent uh, real estate news. And uh, hopefully we'll have some more uh, guests on. That'll be kind of fun. And in the meantime, that's it. Tune in next week to The Best of Investing. 
we're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for The Best of Investing on the Bay Area's Business Leader. AM 1220 KDLW. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we believe are reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of this information. Nothing in this broadcast should be interpreted to state or imply that past results are an indication of future performance. There are no warranties expressed or implied as to accuracy, completeness, or results obtained from this broadcast.